welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 22nd of January 2017, entitled Running for the Prize, and the Bible reading is taken from Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Philippians chapter 3, I'm sure not a strange, unknown passage to any of you this evening, But as we look here, just a few simple thoughts that I hope will be an encouragement to you this evening. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in in verse 1, Word of God says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. You know, that's one of the things that I guess that so many times we allow the things of this world to get our hearts, our minds, our emotions, everything off of the Lord. But I want you to realize that what the Apostle Paul was writing here when he comes to the end of this letter to the church of Philippi was, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you, Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind 
the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have for an, an example for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame who mind earthly things for our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Father, thank you this evening. Lord, as we can be reminded once again, Lord, we live in a very real world. It has many dangers around us, many things that would deter us from the goal that is set before us, many things that would distract us from the race that we are running. Lord, I pray that we could be reminded here this evening, Lord, that, Lord, we do have a goal before us. Help us to press towards the mark, the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I pray that you'd help us to set our eyes upon that which really matters and help us run this race to win. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, challenge, encourage, meet the need of the hour in each and every one. We give you the praise and thanks for it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Of course, as I prepared this sermon to speak to you, I thought I would be delivering it last week. And of course, on Sunday morning last week, if you were here, we looked at the thought of, of seeing the mountaintops, <laughs> the mountaintops that only God can show us. And so many times I've made this comment before, we kind of get this idea that maybe sometimes our goal is December 31st and everything is just going to stop and we're going to start up again on January the 1st, but that's not the way it happens. Our goal is not just the end of this calendar year. But it is often a time when, as we begin to, to think upon things, that sometimes we begin to ponder and think as we pass this marker, this milestone in our race, because a number of things that the Apostle Paul is making clear here in this, first of all, <coughs> he is encouraging us to rejoice to rejoice, even though that all around us there are these that would deter us, deter us, these that would destroy us if it were at all possible, these that sometimes they would claim to be friends of ourselves and friends of Christ and ministers of Christ, and yet, in fact, they are enemies of the cross. They're enemies of Christ. What they do they do for themselves. They do not for, for him. But yet amidst all this, he's telling us to rejoice, and he's reminding us that, hey, if you think that you've got something in this life that's worth bragging about, that's worth feeling good about, that's worth taking pride in, he says, just look at me, me even more. 
You know, he's had the best education. He's come from the best lineage. He's come from all these things. And I mean, as far as, as, as serving God in his religious world, he was blameless. He had done such a grand job. But yet, it was all as dung. <laughs> it was all as waste. It was all absolutely worthless. He says, just for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. We talked about this, this, this knowledge of Christ. We talked about it this morning in the Bible study. We talked about it this morning in the morning worship time. I believe that there's still that same truth that we could proclaim again this evening, that you can't really know God. You can't really know and understand the gift that he is offering and know and understand who he is and pass it by. People are blinded. People don't understand. People are ignorant of the truth. But God has us here for a reason and for a purpose. The same Apostle Paul, as he is writing this down through here, he's talking about the fact that he hasn't apprehended. <laughs> he hasn't arrived yet. You know I mean? He's a an apostle of the Lord. He's been used to start churches and start churches and to have such an effect on others' lives, and yet <clears throat> he says, I don't think that I've arrived. <laughs> I don't think that I'm where that I need to be yet. As a matter of fact, he says, there is one thing that I do, though. And this is a thought that we often look at many times when we're maybe flipping a leaf on the calendar and beginning a new year and looking forward he said there in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Doesn't matter where I've come from. Doesn't matter what I've accomplished in the flesh. Doesn't matter what all these other people think that I've accomplished. What matters is where I'm going. The goal is still before me. God still has me here for a reason and a purpose. Matter of fact, the same apostle in writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 19, he says, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now, nowhere in there do you find that he's given himself to sin. But he's really taken this same attitude of humility that he's writing to the church here in Philippians about. You know, when he comes to somebody's weaker, he doesn't show off his strength. He meets them where they are. If they're a Jewish He's not going to go out there and, and start offending them. He may know. And the truth is, is that he goes on to explain exactly what he's done. He says in verse 23, And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you 
to reach people with the gospel. To reach people with the gospel, I'll meet them where they are. The truth is, is that the people that we come into face-to-face day in and day out, and we, it's funny, we've talked about this in a few different ways today. We never know that one person, that one word, that one invite. We never know how that it might change somebody's life, how that it might change their direction because God had you there at that moment in time. He goes on to say in verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. When you're running in a race, everybody's running, but he says, one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. Most of us were probably more more active (laughs) athletically at other times in our life than maybe we are right now, with the exception of a very few of you that might be in your prime here tonight. But Paul's talking about that we're all in a race. We're all in a race. I used to love sports. I still love sports. I just can't do sports like I used to do sports. But you know, whether, whether it was a football game or whether it was a basketball game or whether it was running in the athletics or whatever it was, I never once entered a competition planning to lose. I never once entered a competition just to be there. You were out there to win. And Paul is using this very, very common thought here as he's talking about this race that we are running in this life. We're all that are in the race, we're running, but you run that you can receive the prize. Run, he says, that you may obtain. He says, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. You know, <laughs> you don't go out there and win the top prize without a cost. They're temperate in all things. They're willing to sacrifice. You know, Paul began this passage here talking about the fact that even though he was free, he made himself a servant. He's saying here that we're running a race, and don't you understand that when you run a race, you you run a, a race in order to win the prize. And those that are going to be the winners... They're tempered in all things. We find that, he says, (laughs) in this natural life, if these athletes are willing to push some things aside from their lives, things that they have every liberty to, but they're willing to put put them aside so that they can do better, so that they can win the prize, so that they can be better at what they're doing. He said they're doing all that for just a temporary corruptible prize in this life. We're running a race, but we're running a race for an incorruptible prize. He says, I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. We used to have a saying, and I'm not trying to be sexist this evening, but it was a pretty bad thing when one young fella said to another young fella, you fight like a girl. Uh, Yeah, the the arms just slinging, just just beating the air, but not accomplishing anything. Well, I got news for them. Nowadays, I've seen 
I've seen some females that I'd, <laughs> I'd rather tackle some of, the, some of the men than some of the females out there. So it's, it's not a sexual thing, but that's kind of what the, the Apostle Paul is doing here. The same thing we used to mean, those that just, just get out there and they're just, you know, they're just going at it and they're, they're all active, but they're not accomplishing anything. He says, I don't get out there and run this race uncertainly. I don't fight. It's one that's just beating the air and not accomplishing anything. But I keep my body under subjection. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Wow. Should literally be, be disapproved. Now, he's not talking about losing his salvation here, folks. But he's talking about there's coming a day. There's coming a day when we're all going to face God. And if we're in this race, we are all running this race. But we need to be running it to win it. We need to be running it to obtain the prize that's at the end for you and I. And that prize is not a corruptible crown in this world to be recognized by man, some great trophy that we can hang out, some great crown that we can put upon our head down here. It is a prize in glory. He says, wow, it'd be a terrible thing if I don't keep my body in subjection, if I'm not willing to do the things that I need to do here, to sacrifice the things I need to sacrifice here. Boy, it's going to be a shame one day if I've spent all this time preaching to others and I get before God because the Bible says we shall give an answer for the things done in the flesh, both good and bad. There's much about this fact. We're not going to stand before God to decide whether we're going to heaven or hell. We won't be at that judgment unless we're going to heaven. But we're going to give an answer for the things done in this life. And this, this is the time at that marriage supper of the Lamb, at the judgment seat of Christ, the Paul says, boy, I don't want to be there one day. And even though I've preached to others and see them come, me, myself, be disapproved before God. We're in a race. And each and every one of us, as we look around today, we have a wide span of ages here. Some of you are very young. Some of you are just young. <laughs> Some of you are middle-aged. Nobody's old. <laughs> But some of us are getting older, okay, than we used to be. But the truth is, we're not only at different places in this race that we're running as Christians, because that's exactly what the apostle was comparing it to, the race that we're running spiritually in this life. The thing is, we are at different ages and different levels of maturity as well. But in the end... Even those things which he knows that he could do, he's willing not to do if it means winning somebody to Christ. He's willing to sacrifice even his freedoms in order to, to serve others, though he doesn't have to do that to get to heaven. He's in this race to win the prize at the end. And so the milestones that we pass may be at different times and in different ways, but it's not necessarily December 31st on the calendar. But may I say wherever you are, in this race. I want us just to focus a very few thoughts here as we look at this passage in, in Philippians chapter 3. You see, 
whatever milestone that you might be passing in your life, the first thing that we see from the apostle here is what we could simply call recollection. <laughs> recollection. He's thinking about the things of his past, the things that he's done. Now, we know he's going to forget the past, and look, but at this point, there's a, there's a recollection there. We find that in verses 4 and 5, he's, he's talking about his heritage, his home, his family, where he came from. We find that in verse 5, he's also talking about his religious upbringing and those things that he's been taught, and he's thankful for those things. Verse 6, he's talking about his religious activity, the things that he's actually done, things that he's done for God. With all sincerity and everything, he's done those things for him. But then something else. You see, he came from a great family heritage. He came from a great educational opportunity, and he had all of those things. And he's looking back, and he's saying, look, I had all of those things. I was so active religiously, and I was, I was doing all of this for God. But then I met Jesus. <laughs> Then I met Jesus. And folks, that's the point we all need to recollect in our lives. Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes it all. You see, there's nothing wrong. Thank God if you come from a good family. Thank God even more if you came from a, from a rich heritage of, of, of a Christian family that has taught you and has raised you and has been the right example and all of those things. Thank God. If you had the opportunity of a good education to, to make something of your life, there's so many in the world that don't have that. Thank God if you've had that. Thank God if you've been active because you've been part of a family that was active for God and young or old or wherever you are. If you've done those good things, then that's fine. But none of those things amount to anything when it comes to Jesus Christ. But what things were gained to me? All those things that mattered, all those things that had value, all those things that were important to me, I counted loss for Christ, for Jesus Christ, for that point in your life when you met Jesus, everything else. He says, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. That wonderful point in your life when you came to know and understand who Jesus Christ was and he became your personal Savior and your personal Lord. And I'll challenge you again tonight, as I did this morning, that if you don't know that, if you can't recollect that in your life, if you don't know that with absolute certainty, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you've accomplished. It doesn't matter where you go with your life. You've got to know that there was a point in your life that you humbled yourself before a holy God and you admitted your sinfulness and you called upon him. And if you haven't done that, then I hope and pray that before you lay your head on that pillow tonight that you do that. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Get that through our thick heads. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter how religious we've done. It doesn't matter how serious we were about it. Jesus Christ is the only thing that really has a value. 
everything else is lost. Everything else. He says, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. You know, he didn't suddenly become uneducated. He didn't suddenly not have the same family and the same heritage. He didn't suddenly just begin to be non-religious and active in his faith. <laughs> what he's saying is that all of that, all of it is totally, completely worthless. It has no value in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's what matters above everything else. You see, I want to encourage you, wherever you are in your life right now, can you recollect the time that you met Jesus? <laughs> can you recollect that point when your life changed, when everything else, the greatest things, and some of them good things, they didn't matter in comparison to knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. But I may say this at this point too. <laughs> That's the one thing you've got to be able to recollect. But you know, everybody, when they look back, they can't recollect that point. And everybody, when they look back, they can't just see pleasantness. They may not have good family heritage. They may not have good educational opportunities. They may have never been involved in anything for God before. They may have never even recognized or admitted that God existed out there anywhere. Everybody's past isn't the same. But the important thing is that it's all, from the best to the worst, the one thing that matters is knowing Jesus Christ. Because if you've had all the greatest advantages in the past, when you come to him, man, it is so far above everything else that none of it really matters. And if you've come from the worst possible background, and still, when you come to know Christ, <laughs> there's nothing in your past that he won't forgive. There's nothing in your past that need hold you back in this race. If you're going to run this race to win, which is I want, I want to encourage you, don't just, and I don't mean this to be offensive. I've been a water boy before as well. Don't just be a water boy on the bench. Be in the heat of the game and be out there to win. It's vitally important that we run this race to win. And it involves some recollection because you've got to be able to remember that time that you came to know him. But not only recollection, may I give you, man, I'm stuck on ours. It was all ours in this morning's sermon, wasn't it? <laughs> not just recollection, but recognition. Recognition. He says here in verses 12, and 13, he says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Yeah, I can, re I can recollect that time when I came to know Jesus Christ. And I've got to be able to, to look to that point in my life. But I've also got to recognize that, man, I haven't arrived yet. <laughs> I'm not perfect yet. I haven't attained. I haven't arrived. There's a day coming when, praise God, I will be just like him. And there's nothing anybody can do to change that. 
because God's the one that's got it ordered. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect, mature, grown in the Lord. He says, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. You see, once you come to know Jesus Christ, <laughs> nothing else really matters. <laughs> whether you've had it or whether you haven't, with Jesus Christ, you've got everything that you need. Too many people, too many people are living in the past. If there's anything in your past, the only thing that's important is that you came to know Jesus Christ. Thank God for the good things. And thank God that he's strong enough and powerful enough to get you through those things. But he says, forgetting those things which are behind. A lot of people cannot do that first word that we began with up there as far as rejoicing <laughs> because they're still hanging on to the bad things in their past. Maybe it was the enemy that brought them on. Maybe it was, again, I said this morning, don't get offended. Maybe it was ignorance. We're all ignorant sometimes just ignorant about different things a lot of time. We just don't know everything. And if we think we know everything, then we're in big, big problems. Sometimes we do it because we don't know any better. But the problem is we've all got bad things back there, but you don't need to live back there. If you can look back and know that a point that you came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we find that he says, if you're going to get on with this race, okay. Know him. And just forget all that other stuff. You're not going to go back and change any of it. He says, reaching forth. You see, you might run the last mile of that race in record form, breaking every record that's ever been set. But that's not going to get you across the finish line. <laughs> you see, you've got to cross the line. You've got to finish the race. You've got to set the goal, the right goal. Of course, what he's saying to us here is we've got to recognize that whatever's in my past, whatever's back there, the only thing that's going to get me to that goal is that I know Jesus Christ. <laughs> the other stuff, the good, the bad, and all of it, I've got to put those things back, and I've got to reach forth. Have, have you ever noticed I... I love to watch men and women competing. And I love to watch the athletics and, and they're out there and they're running and they're literally giving it all and they're running, they're running as fast as they can and yet when they get to that finish line, that goal, they're stretching, they're reaching, they're trying to get every whatever, if it's the hair on the top of their head, across that line before the guy next to them or the, or the lady next to them. Reaching forth is that eagerness, that anticipation I'm reaching forth those things, the present need, the present possibility, recollection, recognition <laughs> that you're not at the end yet. You haven't won yet. And it's not those past things that are in your life, the good or the bad that's going to get you across the finish line. 
right now. You need to reach forth towards the goal that he set before you. As he says here in verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Man, I am going to give this every bit of effort that I possibly can. I mean, I'm going to put my all into this for the cause of Christ, because of who he is. I press. The word literally there is the same word that we get our word pursue from. It's used as a, as a metaphor in the, in the foot race of when he's pursuing, when, when that foot raceman is just putting everything that he possibly can into it, speeding towards that goal with everything that he's got. I press. I put my all in. I am going for that finish line, and nothing is going to stop me, and I am going to get there as fast as I can. I'm going to win this thing against all odds, against my past, against the enemy. I'm going to win this thing for Christ. Because, you know, in the end, you can believe what you want to believe. I can't have a chapter and verse for it, but I believe the greatest thing about those crowns that we're going to win that are not corruptible but incorruptible, I believe the greatest thing about those crowns is that we'll have something to give back to Jesus. We're not going to need it. But, oh. I think, you know, what would be heartbreaking, and I think part of what the Apostle Paul was talking about there when he's talking about, man, preaching to others, and yet me myself being disapproved, I just think that it would be so sad to stand before the one that has given me everything and not have anything to give back to him. I believe that all of our prizes, that when we love him like we really ought to love him, our prizes is for him. It's just like in this life, it's more important what we can give to those that we love than what we can collect for ourselves. Whatever we've got, if we can give it to those that we love to show how much we care to make them happy, then we want to do that. Paul says, I press towards the mark. I press towards the mark. I am pursuing this thing. I am giving it all. I press towards the mark. He's got, a, he's got a place in mind. He's got a goal out there that he's set for, that he's running towards. We find that I can remember. <laughs> I can remember when I was <laughs> doing my basic training in boot camp, and I'd never been tried to quite that level physically before, even on the sports field. And I can remember that sometimes I get out there and, man, I was running and I was running. And it was still a long, long ways to the finish line. But I would fix my eye. I'd fix my eye. I knew where that finish line was. And I knew to get there. And I needed to make that next corner. <laughs> and I needed to make that next corner. I knew where I was headed. But I knew I had to do it one section at a time. I believe that's kind of what he's talking about here. We've got to have our eye fixed. The aim. The aim is to be a winner. The aim is to make it to the end. I'm going to pursue this thing. I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to press toward the mark. I've got my eye fixed on where I've got to get to. I'm not going to quit before I get there. I can't quit before I get there. <coughs> for the mark. For the prize. <laughs> This prize, literally, it was the prize that would be bestowed upon them when they, 
won in these athletic games. Of course, he's using it here for that incorruptible prize that will be his. I'll be a winner. I'm going to press. I'm going to put my eyes on the goal. I'm going to give this thing all I've got. I'm going to be a winner for the mark, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Literally, unto, unto the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The position of the goal. You see, Sometimes people misread. They think the prize here is the high calling. But no, we're, it's, it's a high calling that we're in this race that we're running for him. But the prize is going to be bestowed upon us when we get to that finish line in relation to that calling upon our lives, the calling, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, <laughs> can you imagine the honor that these athletes have when they get out there and they compete for their country, when all the people, all the people that could have been, and yet they're the person that's out there representing their country. We say, I really believe that's what the apostle is trying to get across to us here. Man, I'm going to run this race. I'm going to pursue it with everything that's within me. My eye is on the goal. Nothing is going to stop me before I get there. That's it. The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, <laughs> there is no Olympic medal compared to running this race for Christ Jesus, for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. No country could call us to do anything that is of greater honor than running on behalf of Jesus Christ. That's who we're running for, folks. That's who we're representing. Not just a mortal flag in this country, but for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Praise God. I'm going to win this thing for him. The race, the race goes on. My encouragement to you this evening with these Simple thoughts. Hey, if going from December 31st to January the 1st on the calendar, <clears throat> if it'll help you to recollect and do some good things in your life, then fair enough. But as Christians, the race goes on, not by the days on the calendar. Our goal is not to get to December 31st of 2017. Our goal. Our goal is to get to the end of the race that God's got for us. And this is the greatest race. And we are in a race, folks. And the Bible is encouraging us, hey, quit messing around on the sidelines. Quit getting out here and playing around. Put your all in this thing. Run this race like you mean it. Run this race to win it. Not for you, but for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the great calling on your life. You're representing him in this world. Get out there and run this race and set your eyes on the goal and be determined to win it. Father, we thank you this evening that, Lord, as we think about these metaphors that are used here, that, Lord, you use the apostle under inspiration to give to us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to just paint that picture. We know, Lord, that as you give it to us here, 
We know that many things in this life we can, we can compete for. We can try to win. Lord, I pray that you just help us to rejoice as the apostle was here. Rejoice in the fact that, Lord, with whatever is going on around us, and yes, there's things we have to be aware of. There's things that, Lord, the problem is a lot of these things would get us out of the race or get our eyes off the goal, and, Lord, we're in this race to win. Help us not to be focused on these things and these people that would deter us and help us to focus on the goal that you have for us. And, Father, I pray that you'd help us, whatever our past, help us to recollect, to look back, to know that there's a point in time when we came to know Jesus Christ. And, boy, that matters more than anything else. Help us to recognize, Lord, that we haven't arrived yet. There's work to be done in all of our lives. We're not at the end yet because we're, we're still in this race. But, Father, I pray that you'd help us also, Lord, to be resolute that we're in this race to win, and we're going to give it our all. We're going to press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray that you'd help us this evening to be a people Lord, that winning the race that we have in this life for Christ is more important than any prizes or any goals that this world could give us. Help us, Lord, wherever we are in our Christian lives, young or old, new Christian or old Christian, Lord, we're still in the race because we're still here and you haven't come for us yet. And I pray, Lord, that we would say as the Apostle Paul, Lord, Help us not to be those that would preach and proclaim these truths to others and then be disappointed ourselves, to be disapproved ourselves because we haven't been running for the right prize. Lord, we pray that everything that we do would be for your glory, for your honor. And Lord, I pray in closing that, Lord, if there be anyone here this evening or anyone that listens to this message in the future, I pray, Lord, I pray that if they don't, no, if they can't look back and recollect a time in their life when they've come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, oh, I pray, Lord, that you speak to their hearts and help them to see and recognize that right now that, well, that's by far the most important thing, the most important thing. And there's one thing that matters in our past, and that's that we've come to know Jesus Christ. We give you all the praise, all the thanks. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 